Today's an exciting day. We are kicking off a mental health series called Attacking Anxiety that is based on this book written by Sean Johnson, our global senior pastor. He hates when I say senior pastor, says it makes him feel old, but that's what he is. That's his title. And Sean is my pastor. Every pastor needs a pastor. Sean is my boss. He is one of my best friends. And the story God is writing through his life and the, the testimony that his life and journey now is, is nothing short of powerful and miraculous from being left on a stranger's front porch when he was a baby to nearly committing suicide in his early 20s to meeting Jesus to starting a church called Red Rocks to battling anxiety and depression for pretty much most of his life up until two and a half years ago experiencing a rock-bottom breakdown that forced him to, to step away for a little bit for a few months of inpatient counseling and processing and healing and walking through the valley only to come out the other side, not perfect, but more alive and more free than almost any person that I know. And this book pulls no punches. I'm telling you, this might be the realest, rawest, most honest and uncensored thing I have read in a long time. And it is engaging and helpful. It is dangerous to the devil. And it is living proof that whatever he means for evil, God really does flip upside down and use for all sorts of good. And my challenge to you is to get this and read it. Pass it on, buy some for loved ones who need this book. I just believe in our cultural moment, as many people need to read that book is possible, Attacking Anxiety. You go deeper in that book than we will on Sundays. However, I'm so excited for today. Welcome to week one of this series. And in the spirit of getting real, I wanna talk to you about fear because fear is real. And you're not human if you don't experience it. And between now and your final breath, there will be about a million moments in your life where you must decide if fear is going to steer your life or if the spirit of the living God alive and at work within you is going to steer your life. Choosing the latter is called faith. And while fear is way more of a feeling, faith is way more of a decision. And while fear is real, my message to you today is that it has zero right to call the shots in your life. And my evidence of that is 2 Timothy 1.7 that says this, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. I mean, that's all you need right there. You got what you came for. Power, love, and a sound mind. I wanna call this message, it's time to take your mind back. And the only message I'm more pumped to preach than this is part two next week. But it is time to take your mind back. So let's pray. Jesus, we love you so much. And like we just proclaimed, you are good. And because of that, we trust you enough to pray boldly. Have your way. Whatever it is you wanna do today, whatever you wanna speak, whatever you wanna wake up within us, whatever you wanna to end in our lives, have your way. God, would these words glorify you and be helpful. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. All right, Acts chapter 27, if you have your Bibles, go there. I'm gonna give you a little bit of context. It's our boy, the Apostle Paul. I love this guy because Paul, in Acts 27, finds himself in a fear-filled, panicked, packed, 
pressure-packed situation. He is a prisoner about to hop on a boat that is en route to Rome. Now, don't think Mediterranean cruise, okay? Although, thinking that does help me with anxiety sometimes, so if you want to, you can. It's a free country. However, it's not gonna help you sort of put yourself in this scenario. Don't think wine tasting with fancy cheeses and bacon-wrapped dates. Think shipwrecks and storms. And we pick it up in verse nine. Much time had been lost and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was after the day of atonement, AKA stormy season. So Paul warned them in this this story, Paul's voice represents the voice of God. He says, men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives also. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, Follow the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. And I think, well, of course he did. I would. If you're about to set sail into possible inclement weather, you want to take the advice of the pilot of the ship, not the preacher who just happens to be on the ship at the time. Some of these preachers, man, they just, they think they know everything. But it does beg the question, are you being steered by your senses or by the spirit? What voices are you listening to? Because we walk by faith, not by sight, especially in stormy seasons. Stephen Furtick once said, the voices you listen to today will determine the future you experience tomorrow. And your thoughts are steering the ship that is your life. And not every one of those thoughts is from you or from God. Sometimes they are. But sometimes it's just your, your feelings or your emotions or fear, or it's the enemy using your feelings and your fears to speak to you. But sometimes it is God, but sometimes it's the enemy. But how do you know? How do you discern? Let me help you just for a few moments. God's voice will always direct and protect. The voice of the enemy will doom and or distract. God will often use conviction to push you forward The enemy's voice will use condemnation to pull you backwards. The voice of God will sometimes give warning to you, but the voice of God will never stir up worry within you. God's voice speaks his promises to strengthen your faith, whereas the enemy's voice speaks fears and lies to panic and paralyze your faith, which is why I can tell you with confidence, if you are a worst-case scenario kind of person, that is not the voice of God trying to caution you with wisdom. That is the voice of the enemy trying to overwhelm your spirit with fear, panic, and worry. The voices you listen to determine the future you experience. You following me? All right, keep following me. Verse 14, before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by storm and could not head into the wind, even though that's where they wanted to go. So we gave way to it, this is so descriptive to me, and were driven along. We just give way to the wind. Thoughts come and we just, we just go with those thoughts. When fears come, you just, you give way to them and they just, they drive you along. I can't trust my husband because he'll, he'll cheat on me just like my dad cheated on my mom, even though my husband is not my dad and I'm not my mom. But you just give way to the worry winds of those fears and they drive you along. 
If I haven't got married yet, I'm never gonna get married. So let me just sever my boat from this anchor called hope and be driven along by these thoughts and fears. I can't be myself in this place because they'll reject me, so I have to be somebody else so that they'll accept me. And you just go with it. You're just, you're driven along by it. It's too late for me, the best is behind me. Good things don't happen for me, so why even try? Nobody understands what I'm going through. It's always gonna be this painful. Nothing is ever gonna change. And you just, you're driven along by it. You go with these thoughts and these fears, the worry wins, and they drive you as far as you will let them take. You. If you give a mouse a cookie, he's gonna ask for a glass of milk. I read this a few nights ago with Will and just chuckled under my breath thinking about this message because in that book, the kid is a sucker and the mouse is an evil genius. Like he really is. Go read, like read it with that paradigm next time. The mouse goes, oh, I got a cookie, I got some milk. Let me see if I can get the whole house. Fear will not stop until it has everything. And did you know, you think on average, not that you're average, but you think on average 40,000 thoughts a day, 80% of them are negative. Why? Because it's easier to go with the wind than it is to sail into the wind. It's easier to conform to the windy patterns of this world than it is to confront head on the windy patterns of this world. It's way easier to allow and agree with anxiety than it is to attack anxiety. I'm just here to tell you today that God has put it in you. Oh yes, you got it in you and no weapon or wind formed against you shall prosper and he has not given you a spirit of fear but a spirit of power, of love and a sound mind and it's time to take yours back. It's time to take yours back because everything begins with the six inches of space between your ears. Have you noticed life has a little bit to do with what happens around you and a lot to do with how you perceive what happens around you? Did you know you are who you are today because of the thoughts you thought yesterday? And you will be who you are tomorrow because of the thoughts you think today. And not only statistically are 80% of them negative, but 95% of them are recycled thoughts from yesterday, from last week, from last year, from the last decade, like a broken record. Your life truly is heading in the direction of the thoughts you think and the voices you listen to, which means if you don't like your life, it's time to change your mind. It's time to change your mind. Because to me, verse 20, we're about to read, is the ultimate destination of an unanchored and unrenewed mind. Here's verse 20. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Things are never gonna change. It's always gonna be like this. This will never end. I'm always gonna be this anxious. 
I'm always gonna be this stuck. I'm always gonna be this afraid. I'm always gonna be this alone. We finally gave up hope. This is the destination the winds of fear eventually lead into. The doldrums of low-grade chronic angst and all-the-time anxiety. I believe this is our new normal as a culture, and I don't think I have to convince you of that. In 2019, pre-pandemic, the American Psychiatric Association did a study and released a stat saying that many North American teenagers are living with chronic anxiety levels consistent with that of psychiatric patients from the 1950s. The American Institute of Health claims eight out of 10 primary care doctor visits are stress-related issues. This is the new normal, this is the air we breathe. Maybe you can relate, I know I can. Oh, but I'm a pastor though. Oh yeah. I've got two counselors, say something. Two counselors. This is our new norm. So maybe you don't feel like yourself. Maybe it's been a while since you felt like yourself. Maybe you don't even remember what it feels like to feel like yourself. Like you're not present, you're not joyful, you're not, you're not peaceful, you're just, you're being driven along by thoughts that are not from you and voices that are not from God into the doldrums of dread. And it feels like you've just got this low grade all the time hopelessness that's just like holding you down and you've, you've crossed the line from living with a wise caution into living with a worst case scenario delusion. And maybe you've got the facts to back up those feelings. Especially recently, maybe a lot of tough things and challenging things have happened in your life. And of course you're going to feel that way. Of course this is going to be my new normal to live so paranoid of something happening that I can't even enjoy the people in my life because I'm so panicked about losing the people in my life. And by the way, that is called a survival instinct. A survival instinct would tell you to go with the wind, not to sail into the wind but you're being driven along by these fears and they're taking you as far as you'll let them take you and now you're just, I'm just anxious and I'm just worried all the time and I, I, I won't even try because what if I try and what if I fail so I'm not gonna try, but what if I try and I succeed? But if I succeed, then I'll have something to lose and I don't wanna have something to lose because what if I lose it? So I'm not gonna even try and I'm worried when things are going wrong and I'm, I'm worried when things are going right because if they're going right, well then it's only just a matter of time until they're not because what goes up must come down. So if I live just constantly Constantly braced for impact, it won't hurt as bad when impact comes, and yes, it will, by the way. And if you feel this, look right at me. You're not crazy. You're not alone. And in Jesus' name, it will end. But it's time to take your mind back. It is no coincidence you are in church today. And I'm gonna say that one more time because I really need you to get that for you. It's no coincidence you're watching this. It's no coincidence that you are in church today. Because I'm here to tell you God loves you exactly the way you walked in here with all the stuff you got going on between those two ears. He loves you. You know what that's called? Grace. And he loves you way too much to let you walk out of here staying the same. And that is called truth. And today I'm not gonna give you cold comfort. That's not what this series is about. I'm not trying to give you cold comfort that is ignorant to what you're going through because you're going through it. 
nor am I gonna give you petty advice that is unhelpful and rendered ineffective. Trust me, I have battled with anxiety for 11 years. I have had countless Christians and well-meaning preachers tell me stuff like, stop, stop being anxious because it's sinful. Stop worrying because it reeks of arrogance and it's prideful. So just, so just stop. And I go, okay, not only am I anxious, but I guess God's mad at me, so I'm more anxious now. So thank you. I'm not gonna do that. Even if that were true, it's not helpful. I'm not gonna do that. But I'm also not gonna license you to stay where you are when Jesus has made a way. I'm not, because it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Oh, and we face valleys, but we're called to walk through those valleys, not build our dream homes in those valleys. And you might feel subjected to fear, but because of the blood of Jesus, you are no longer a slave to fear. Regardless of what you feel, that's the fact. I'm not a slave to fear. You might feel like you are sitting in a prison cell of fill in the blank, but you need to walk out of here seeing and believing that the blood of Jesus has ripped the lock and the door off of that prison cell. This is reality, Red Rocks, that you've been set free, and now it's time to learn how to live free. It's time to take your mind back. You wanna see what Paul does next? I love this, I told you, I just, I get a kick out of this guy, man. Verse 21, after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice. So as godly as he is, he's not above saying I told you so. <laughs> Remember what I said, you should have listened to me, we wouldn't be in this predicament. Should've, you should have listened to me, guys, when I said not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your Courage. I urge you to take the courage that you've already been given from God, that you already have. I feel like we don't need to pray for courage. I feel like we just need to learn how to keep up the courage we already have. I urge you to keep up your courage. What does that mean? That means taking your mind back from fear. That means attacking anxiety. That means fighting the wind, renewing your thinking, claiming the promises of God that are already yours. Keep your courage up. Why? Check out this verse. Because not one of you will be lost, semicolon, only the ship will be destroyed. And I think, is that good news or bad? Depends on what side of the semicolon you focus on. Not one of you will be lost, only the ship will be destroyed. Reminds me of another verse that Jesus actually said, in this world you will have trouble. Oh, but take heart because I've overcome it. But you will have trouble, but I've overcome it. But you're a fallen person in a broken world. Bad things will happen, it's gonna be hard. Oh, you're gonna have a lot of trouble, but I've overcome the world, so take heart. I'm gonna get you all, like, you guys, you're gonna get there. I'm gonna get you there, Paul. That is my promise to you, but the ship's doomed. The ship's going down. Oh, but I'm gonna get you there. Yet not one of you will be lost. The ship will sink. If you're, if you're on a ship, is that not like the worst case scenario? <laughs> can, we, can we just get really real for a few moments, because if you can't do it here, where can you? What if your worst case scenario happened? It probably won't, but it could. 
What if it did? And I know what I'm saying here. I also know attacking anxiety and living free when it comes to mental health stuff is not reading a book, nor is it listening to a sermon. It is a journey that ain't for the faint of heart that requires you to go to the root of that fear and stare at it and see it for what it really is. Monsters are only terrifying until you look under the bed. So what if, and I've prayed so much about how to steward this moment, so please just trust me. But I've been thinking, man, what if I, what if I got sick? What if I lost that loved one? What if you never got married? What if you finally got married and finally opened your heart up to love another person, but then right away you lost that person? Like what if the boat sinks? I heard this week, the things, the one thing, the two things, the few things that will level you in this life, they're gonna be the random things that happen on that random afternoon that you never once thought of or worried about. And the flip side of that same coin, the 99.9% .9 of stuff that you lose sleep over, it robs your joy, you can't even enjoy the people in your life. You just panic all the time for no reason because 99.9% .9 of that stuff will never happen. But what if, what if, what if the boat sinks. I think the only way to answer that right now is just not cold comfort, but just honesty. If the boat sinks, it will wreck you. It will suck. I've got two moments in my mind right now, one that has happened and one that I can't like, imagine happening. It will feel like your soul is suffocating, trying to breathe. There will be no shortcut through the pain and no quick fix for a broken heart. But will God be with you? Oh, yeah. You know, the Holy Spirit is called the comforter, and in those moments, you find out exactly why. Will God get you through? Will the devil win? No. Is fear still just a liar running out of breath? Yeah. In those moments, will God deposit revelation into your heart more valuable than gold that will be part of somebody else's survival kit one day? Yeah. Will he find a way to take all the stuff the enemy meant for evil and flip it and use it for more good things than you could possibly imagine? Yes. You know, Paul goes on to tell the boys on the ship, um, he says, hey, we might wash up on shore clinging to planks from the shipwreck, but God's gonna get us there. I will never promise you how, but I will preach my courageous faith in the God who will from now until I take my final moment and he calls me home because by the way, for me to live is Christ and even to die, is gain. To die is gain. Like if you're the devil, what are you gonna do with a guy like this? To die is gain? What monsters are you putting under Paul's bed? I mean, you tell me how the prisoner 
is the freest guy on that boat, encouraging everybody else because he knows who he is and whose he is. He's been here before. Oh, by the way, been here before twice. This is Paul's third shipwreck, which leads me to two thoughts. Number one, Paul, stop getting on boats, man. Like if, I, if I'm on a flight and it crashes and I somehow get through it, like I'm driving from now on. Stop getting on boats. And number two, here's the challenge for you. Here's one of two, is to make a list. This week I want you to make a list and I'm about to give you a list. Here's the make a list part. Make a list of everything God has already brought you through like Paul, because when fears come like the wind, the best thing you can do is to let your memories preach to you about the faithfulness of your God. Just like Paul, you've been here before. You have, you've been through stuff before, and he got you through, and my evidence is your presence in this room. You're here, you're breathing, because God's gotten you through everything he's gotten you through. Do not forget to remember what God has brought you through up until this point. So for Paul, that was beatings. You can read his resume in Corinthians and beatings and floggings and sicknesses and poverty and fears and stresses and worries and two other shipwrecks, okay? Here's just part of my list that I made this week. I've had 12 years of chronic pain. I'm still here and I'm still hopeful there's healing in my future. I think it's closer than it's ever been. I've been through painful breakups. I've lost loved ones. I've watched my best friend be flight for life off a ski slope with a brain injury and brain damage. I've watched friends get really sick. I have felt incredibly dark spiritual warfare. God's been there somehow in it and through all of it. I've moved over 40 times in my life. He's provided me with family and community at the, end, at the other end of all of, of those moves. I've stepped into positions and jobs I wasn't ready for, yet I knew God was calling me into, and he showed up, and he equipped me and showed me how to lead through my weaknesses and was there every step of the way. A global pandemic that reshuffled the entire deck of our world happened when our baby church plant was 14 months old and we had to start from scratch, but God got us through it and now foundationally we're stronger than we've ever been and we just had to add a third service today, okay? Let God's track record build courage in your hearts and look back on the God who began the good work in you. You've been here before, and team, you can come up. And then look ahead at the God who, keyword, promises to complete that good work within you. The last two verses I'll read from this story is a dream Paul has. Last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, so he knows not just who he is, but whose he is and who he serves stood there beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. It's the most repeated phrase I believe in the Bible. Do not be afraid. You must stand trial before Caesar. In other words, you can't die in this battle because I got a bigger one for you next week. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. God just made Paul a promise I'm gonna get you through this. And before you leave here today, you need to know that in the scriptures, he has given you 7,000 promises. And you need to remember to remember them. 
Human beings are awesome at a lot of stuff, not at remembering good news. We're just not. We're not prone to receive the illogical gospel of Jesus easily. Remember to remember. A few years ago, I um, woke up early to pray for Ryan and Ethan, part of my morning routine, and um, it's just what I can do. I feel called to do it. Um, Did my normal routine, had some lucky charms, and I ran 10 miles. I didn't really do that, but I did take a multivitamin, kind of the same thing. And um, getting ready for work, I get in my car. It's a 20-minute drive to work. This is a true story. I kid you not. I get 10 minutes, so halfway there, when I realize I forgot to put on a shirt for work. (laughs) This is a true story, man. Who forgets to put on a shirt for, like, I'm driving, just listening to my jams, just thinking, I'm forgetting something. It's a shirt. Oh, well. (laughs) We're forgetful, some of us more than others. And it's better to remember, it's better to be ready so when those moments come where you decide, is fear gonna steer or is the spirit of God and his promises that are alive and at work within me, are they gonna steer? In those moments when these promises are the very first things you think of, I'm telling you, the promises of God are what anchors your boat when the worry winds of fear and lies come at you from all sides. And what I want you to leave with today is a second list, a second list that we're about to fly through. And by the way, this will be on social media later because my hope is one or two of these promises will stick out to you for you to memorize and internalize and speak over your life this week. Because when you proclaim the promises of God over your life, you activate the promises of God within your life and you start to take your mind back. This is 20 Bible verses to remind you who you are and whose you are and who your God is in every situation when you're weak or anxious or depressed or lonely or suicidal or scared to death and you're tired of standing on your unsteady feelings and counting on a very shakable world, these are not my opinions. These are the promises from the creator of the universe that are time-tested and true and they're for you, okay? So will you guys stand up? We're gonna go through them and then we're gonna worship. Like I said, these will be on social media. And so just receive this right now instead of taking notes or trying to memorize something but this will be up on the screen. 20 promises that are true for you. I am loved. This is Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Next promise, I am valued. Matthew 6, 26, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not so much more valuable than they? Next promise, I am accepted. Romans 8.1, like myself proclaimed uh, the verse for my life. Therefore, there is now no condemnation and no guilt and no shame for those who are in Christ Jesus. Next promise, I am chosen, Ephesians 1.4, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Next promise, I am called. This is 2 Timothy 1.9. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and his own grace. Next promise, I am safe. 
This is Psalm 121, seven. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. Next promise, I am protected. Second Thessalonians 3, three. But the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Next promise, God is with me. This is Joshua 1, nine, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and be courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Next promise, God will never leave me. This is Matthew 28, 20. As surely I, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Next promise, God will strengthen me. That's Philippians 4, 13. I can do all, th all things through him who gives me strength. Next promise, God will guide me. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. Next promise, God will empower me. Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? Because if God is for us, if God is for me, who can be against me? Next promise his spirit lives within me first corinthians 6 19 do you not know that your bodies are temples of the holy spirit who is in you whom you have received from god next promise god is greater first john 4 4 you dear children are from god and have overcome them because the one who is in you christian is greater than the one who is in this world next promise i am more than a conqueror romans 8 37 no in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us Next promise, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That's Isaiah 54, 17 that says, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. See, it's there, it's right there. Next promise, God has a plan even when I can't see it. This is so key right now. And it's Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a hope for a future. Next promise, God is working when I can't feel it, which is Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all these things, God works for the good of those those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And then nothing is impossible for my God, which is Matthew 19, 26. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And then finally, I will be victorious, which is Deuteronomy 20, verse four, for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. Somebody say amen. And will you hold your hands just like this because we're about to worship. And I wanna just receive something because a million moments are coming between now and your final breath to decide, will fear, will fear call the shots or the God that is alive and at work within me, that spirit, will that call the shots? He has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And it's time to take yours back. So Jesus, we just hold our hands in a posture of receiving these promises that we did not earn, but receiving is a grace. And so we actively just receive them as the truth that they are for our lives, for us. And we bring to the surface and bring to light all the fears and lies and worries that we are thinking in this season and we just hold them and just picture yourself guys right now standing at the cross, turn your hands over almost as if to drop these fears at the foot of the cross, leave them in Jesus's tomb to rut and rust, rust and, rust and rot and walk out of it victorious the way Jesus did because you've been set free and Holy Spirit now teach us how to live that way in Jesus name. 
Amen.